0: This is Kat's podcast, episode number 28. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super happy to have you here. I'm Kat, I'm your host and today I'm having a beautiful conversation around self-love and self-healing for you. This is especially for the ladies listening. It's a conversation about growth and understanding ourselves better on all levels to ultimately be able to live in more alignment with vibrant health, joy and authenticity. I'm chatting with Briar Roots, Ayurvedic Health and Lifestyle Practitioner. Briar helps women optimize their energy, digestion and overall health, teaching self-care and self-empowerment practices. And understanding the mind-body connection is a key aspect in her holistic approach to well-being. This conversation is a great mix of her own personal story of self-love and self-healing, the experiences a lot of us women make when it comes to loving and accepting ourselves just as we are, as well as hands-on holistic lifestyle tips. And be sure to not miss our little chat about coffee towards the end of the conversation if you're still wondering, hmm, is coffee good or bad for me? And now, enjoy this loving conversation with the amazing Briar Roots.
1: So there's definitely areas of growth. I'm I'm definitely in the mindset of just focusing on financial stability at the moment. That's definitely something that I really want to invite into my life because at the moment it can be quite inconsistent. You know, when you first start your own business and one month it can be great. Next month's not so great. And then you, you don't realize it's, it can be a little bit unstable. So I think for me, it's, it's definitely creating that stability financially. It's really important for my growth the next, you know, six to 12 months. Yeah, I just think it takes away from the actual expression of doing the the, the, the purpose of why you're doing it, because I think you know a big part of it is like wanting to help people and be of service but you can't be so much of service if you can't help yourself and and you know and you, and mm-hmm. you can't create that stability financially and it's definitely been a challenge for me the last year of, of, of I think especially coming from the, my background of being a, a stripper and, and um, earning so much money at, at young age and not really understanding the value of money and then mm. going from being a entrepreneur never ever experiencing this and even just growing up not having role models in terms of financial role models and money was always an issue you know so for me it's like now changing that paradigm so I can create that abundance or I am creating that abundance for myself um but to then be able to hold that expansion and, and feel worthy of um yeah of keeping you know a certain level of comfort and of security and lifestyle that that is really important to me and for my, you know, for my well-being, I think, for me to feel safe.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, so we're right in the discussion already. Now officially, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast, Briar. It's it's lovely having these little pre-chats with my guests and then just uh, easing into the actual interview or the actual conversation. So um, we're here today to talk a lot about self-healing and self-love and first and foremost your journey of healing and liberation and yeah so welcome
1: thank you Kat so so (laughs) honored to be a part of of the podcast it's it's strange to be interviewed now because I'm so used to interviewing but I can imagine it's it's nice actually to I love talking so I love uh, especially I think a lot of us like talking uh, about our yeah, our journeys, and and for me, it's really a a powerful one. Um, I think, yeah, just being on this journey of um, expansion, I think we all can experience, you know, we want growth and we want to excel in life, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So yeah, my journey um, started, I guess, yeah, about eight years ago, and I left, um, originally where I was from in England, To kind of go on that exploration and yeah I was super curious I really wanted to yeah just travel and and I didn't have this like I want to be you know a lawyer I want to go to do this I want to go to this university I never went to university I just had this deep desire to to travel and to explore and and to I guess find myself not that I knew it that that's what it was Mm -hmm. yeah so So what's this
0: right after school then for you
1: Yes, right. So I literally, I, I finished uh, school. So I did um, an acting degree, uh, acting uh, diploma, and which wasn't really my thing. It was more my mom's thing. But I thought, oh, you know, I'm quite good at acting, so I'll do that. But I realized it wasn't really my dharma, It wasn't my path. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saved, I saved up some money, you know, from an early age. I was like 14, and I was working um, from an early age. I saved up a little bit of money, and as soon as I turned 19, I I got a ticket to us to New Zealand uh, and to Australia and then kind of started that journey um, into my self-discovery, I guess.
0: Mm. I got a few pieces of your story, but I reckon a lot of people who are listening, they don't know anything about you. So at the moment you are, well, you've been living on Bali for the past three years and you Mm. work as an Ayurvedic lifestyle and health coach and practitioner. Yeah. but you didn't do that always you actually did quite a hard turn at one point so tell us what what brought you from actually being a topless waitress in Australia to a Ayurvedic practitioner what's the story behind that
1: <laughs> yeah so after after traveling for a while um, I found myself in Australia and in Western Australia and Perth and yeah, it was something really beautiful about that country. And I'm I'm still very in love with it. It's it's incredible. And I I learned so much about myself and and made some great connections. Um, But at the time, I was, you know, poor backpacker wanting to travel and see the world. And yeah, I wasn't really finding a way to do that. So I remember one of my girlfriends, she, you know, secretly like, over the course of a couple months, she was like having a new laptop and new, you know, phone. And I was like, why are you getting all of this money from anyway and then turns out she you know in western australia is a big mining industry and it's actually called skimping it's um you know you can say stripping but it's actually wasn't stripping so it's not like working in a club or anything it's actually uh, working in bars and pubs and on a lot of the time actually we did a lot of work in um you know on yachts on you know private planes all mm-hmm. these crazy stuff and you know i think the last five years in australia i was in this world of of money of wealth of you know private planes and private islands and and i was just in this complete different um yeah like different world i'd never experienced anything like it so i was working as a a topless waitress so i would kind of work on um you know bucks parties stag nights with people women people getting married sorry not women (laughs) men getting married And, 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 and a big part of the industry in the west coast of australia is they they pay women for entertainment so you know to look good and to serve drinks and it was quite harmless in a sense like you know i i know a lot of women you know there is a slippery slope in that kind of job and i am very grateful that it didn't really affect me that much like i was very clear on my boundaries and i never you know allowed myself to be vulnerable in a sense i didn't really drink or do any drugs and i know a lot of women did but i think. My best friend and I, we did it together for about five mm. years. We, we, yeah, we really um, made a lot of money and traveled and, and did really good things with it. But I think looking back now, obviously, my transition, I, I honestly say my hand of my heart, if I hadn't of, um, had a, a big change in my life, I probably would still be doing that job. Because it was so hard to get out of it when, you, when you're earning you know, thousands uh, of dollars a, a week. Um, for doing you know not that much you know obviously you're you're naked which I think for a lot of people is quite a a frightening thing but for me in in that time of my life it was actually probably the most funnest coolest job you know I loved I'm quite a wild woman and I quite love you know my body and I was always you know praised for my looks and stuff so for me it was definitely a job that I thought I was good at but it, it didn't necessarily helped me um with my yeah with my self-worth and my you know my mm. confidence I think it actually brought me into further separation of like females and then kind of like um yeah just that the come you know that unhealthy competitiveness that we experience and yeah and a long story short I did that job for yeah about five years and then my Ex-partner and I were on this around the world trip. I'd saved up, you know, money with the job, and we went on this beautiful trip around the world and visited many places um, for about six months, and then I couldn't get back into Australia. So I had to then um yeah, I had to think quickly, okay, where am I gonna live? Um, it was like the universe saying to me, and I one of my quotes from one of our beloved teachers, Ross Riker, is like. Um, you know life is more than prepared to teach you your lessons um, in their gentler forms and if you're not prepared to listen life is more than prepared to teach you in forever ending hardship <laughs> and I think that was that smack in the face I, I spent about twenty thousand dollars to to stay in Australia I mean over the five years definitely more uh, money I spent is to stay working in that industry um, and obviously I earned it back so it was all relevant but at the time my whole life because my partner was in Australia and I ended up coming to Bali and it wasn't actually a choice that I was like oh I want to go live in Bali it was like I have to live in Bali it's the only place close enough for me to wait until my visa gets accepted Mm -hmm. but it didn't get accepted it got declined after about a year of going back and forth and my my next boyfriend was uh yeah he um he would come fly over and see me every two or three weeks and then we ended up slowly drifting apart and that's when my my kind of my dharma journey really began and yeah and, and I guess I really had to figure a way to sustain myself and actually unlock the potential that I knew I had inside of me but I just didn't realize that I was even capable of doing more than just getting naked.
0: Hmm. You actually touched on a lot of interesting aspects. Um, so you said you are or oh, well, one thing that I think is very common and that a lot of people struggle with, be it in a phase of growth or changing career paths, or you know, liberating yourself from a permanent job, going into a freelance business, or becoming a solopreneur, is this um, that you're you're staying in this money loop or in this um, there's this temptation to make more money actually than you maybe need that's one aspect I want to just now dive in a little bit deeper because it can be so of of so much value for the listeners mm. to see how people like you or and I've talked about it with other um, other guests on my freedom lifestyle edition how they were able to disconnect from that or liberate themselves from that belief or that urge to to stay in that loop, to make money and money and money, but to actually focus on what they really want and on their priorities and on the life that they want to create. So was, was it just this coincidence or this... Um, well, life telling you, hey, you you can't get into Australia anymore or was there something else to it that made you actually realize, oh, there's another way of living. I don't have to be in this um, constant loop of making money or in this temptation.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I was really in the matrix at that point, I think, because for me that money was really so – exciting and so desirable and really that you know the traditional teachings are really based on this the parish which I I love teaching with clients it's like you know we can have material wealth we can have success which is you know incredible and we we do definitely need that in our life to sustain us and to nourish us but there's a part of you know ignorance is bliss I believe and I was definitely ignorant at that point is because Mm -hmm. I you know, had everything, my needs were met. I was just in the comfort zone. I didn't need to uh, reach out and I didn't need to expand my my potential in terms of I wasn't pushed to see what I was capable of because I didn't have, I didn't really need to. I just was very comfortable. And I think that's the big piece there that I think a lot of people can resonate with is like sometimes we're forced to wake up. We're, we're forced to have a, a health issue or get you know smacked in the face, or get kicked off Australia and banned to come back into the country um, for life to really show us that we're on the wrong path and we're not um, we're not in alignment with our purpose, with our dharma. And really, that's not just a specific profession. Um, it's really a, um, an uncovering and a of our potential and really filling that place in the world that only we can fill. And usually, that does tie in with our profession. And I think looking back now, I realize what I'm doing now is so much more fulfilling in so many different ways. I'm definitely not earning as much money yet, but I know that I'm my soul and, and you know, physically I'm in alignment. I feel a lot more healthy and energized. I'm not suppressing and numbing myself like I was when I was working a, as a tapas waitress.
0: Hmm. So how did you get to Ayurveda then? Mm. How did you come across it? What what fascinates you and fascinated you about it, diving into it deeper and ultimately making it your your profession?
1: Well, since moving to Bali or getting stuck in Bali, um, I, I discovered the practice, which is obviously a common place that we both are familiar with. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I just fell in love with the, the traditional teaching and I really believe that I, I wanted, you know, subconsciously I wanted to evolve in some way and I think, I'd already been a yoga teacher, so I, I had a, my yoga teacher uh, qualification. But I didn't really teach that much, even though I loved it. But I, I, because I was earning so much money, and I, you know, I didn't really prioritize it. And then I came to mm-hmm. Bali, and I was like, I'm going to prioritize my yoga. So the closest studio was the practice, and I started learning about traditional Tantra, katha yoga, and diving into kind of practices and um, you know all of this incredible stuff. And that kind of led me to. Uh, an ayurvedic practitioner training with brad hay and yeah and a couple of different events um working with octavio david's uh, david i think is a incredible man he's healing people from cancer and really embodied in the mind-body connection and i think growing up i've always had that um yeah that area of holistic health my mom she does um loads of holistic health she's a masseuse she's Aww. um she does homeopathy you know she's a medicine woman in her own way so growing oh, up cool. I had this like this familiarity is like food is medicine and mm-hmm. our thoughts are very powerful so i think with that knowledge it was like soon as i came to bali a bit cliche but it's, it was like i was remembering ayurveda i was remembering mm-hmm. these these ancient wisdom you know just simplistic things but so profound and Really, I I use it to help my own uh, suffering. I had a lot of digestive issues. and um, I definitely think due to the job that I was doing and and just not being in alignment in in other ways. So I started to apply Ayurveda into my life just for my own healing um, and then saw how powerful it was. And that's when I started diving deeper into courses and I got my practitioner certification. And then, yeah, and then one thing led to another. My money was running out and I had no savings left. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. Well, I need to do something with this this, uh, this calling. And I felt very strongly towards Ayurveda. And I had no idea at that time that I would be doing the things I'm doing now. But I just trusted that my heart was, uh, you know, putting me in the right path.
0: Hmm. That's super powerful, and that's so good where you have this faith or this trust that this is your path, and also it's quite rocky maybe at the moment, or there's no money, you know, that this is the thing you have to, like, walk on or follow. And I loved what you said about coming to Bali, and then for you it was like a, like a reconnection like you had all these elements from your childhood and growing up and then going to that place, Bali, it all came together or you made that reconnection on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. For me, it's quite fascinating to see how certain places can trigger, well, in a a perfectly positive sense here, can trigger something inside us or can help us remember Mm -hmm. certain things how do you see it
1: yeah definitely well I think um often not, you know there's a saying it's like we can't we can't get better in a place that we feel sick whether that be an environment a work mm. a job a relationship and I think for us to sometimes change our perception and, and and see things from a higher perspective we have to shift out shift our reality and whether that be our physical environment which for me was a big thing because like I said I was I was numb I was not I was I thought my my little reality was perfect and I I didn't really want anyone to burst my bubble um and I probably like I said I probably would have been still doing the same job but internally very um dissatisfied and unfulfilled and that would have definitely related to health issues you know later on in life and I I know that now working with so many know entrepreneurs and people you know like yourself in like corporate settings and um mainly female you know leaders and they're in this like this masculine role and and i was definitely in a, a role that didn't serve my highest growth and i think when we are out of balance you know in that area it definitely over time will impact our emotional health with fatigue headaches hormonal issues um For me, it was digestive issues. I was overeating. I was suppressing myself with, you know, things, food, sex, you know, all the things that we like to distract ourselves with. Mm -hmm. And that can only happen for, you know, a short amount of time. Eventually, I believe, you know, and, and Ayurveda believes that we fall sick due to a failure of our wisdom. And that means that when we are not on the right path, on our dharmic mission or you know unlocking this potential that we all have inside of us, life will keep showing us you know in, in gentle ways, but then in hard ways and eventually a big smack in the face until we wake up and we, we smell that, that bullshit that we've been <laughs> the bullshit that we've been in and that we've been uh, yeah, blind to.
0: Yeah that's actually the right buzzword. We had a, well, we had a chat a couple of weeks ago and you said, well, that's one of my goals for 2021, no more bullshitting. And I loved how you said that. And it's so, so honest and, and straight out. So what, what does it mean for you? No more bullshitting.
1: I mean, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out, I think. But I, I think a big part of my growth is, like, I think last year I was definitely a bit more on my high horse. I mean, I think when we start learning something, especially because it's helped us so much, we can easily think that we know everything about it. And I think last year I definitely I grew a lot in a short space of time, but I do think that it was not sustainable. And now, you know, having a little bit of time out and just – being a bit more reflective and, and just learning, you know, the self-love journey really is, I think, that that grace and humility. And sometimes we have to experience that through some hardship. Not always, but I think I've had definitely some some twists and turns last year that kind of made me realize that I'm, yeah, that I'm not as amazing as I think I am sometimes. And I think, yeah, it was just a big transition from going in this world of, like, everyone praising me for being this, like, cute, naked all the time like having fun and um you know being in this such a different you know environment with different people to then actually being look i want to help people i want to be of service like i want to help women and empower them instead of um criticize and being competition with them like i have been in the past how can i empower them and how can i through my own authentic embodiment you know, share the wisdom of Ayurveda in my own way, and actually stand for something. And, and really, I had to really shift out of that kind of like, ego, doing it for myself, and actually thinking of how can I make impact and, and really be of service. And I think previous years, you know, I've, I've just really been selfish on like, how can I make money in, in the shortest amount of time? And obviously, you know, I think now looking back, I realized that just definitely wasn't my higher self so i think just using this wisdom of yoga ayurveda and you know meditation and just being around really supportive people has really helped me see my own bullshit and see where i cause my own suffering my own separation and yeah just coming back to that place of wholeness and authenticity and vulnerability just allows for such beautiful connection to take place
0: Mm. yeah beautiful um, I want to go back to what you said before that your job in Australia actually brought you further away from other females, like the separation when um the separation grew instead of like getting closer to to other women and mm. I still feel i mean it's it's actually quite interesting because for me, it's also something in my growth journey that. I have been experiencing over the past years that I try to be more, let's say more inclusive. And I'm really working on, you know, not being jealous, but like mm-hmm. being happy for others more. And it's not that I'm not happy for others, but I'm, I'm sure like, all of us women, we can relate to this, that we see another woman. And sometimes it's like, oh, why is she there? Why does she have that? Why am I not there? Why don't I have that? And yeah. it's, I feel that this energy is still too dominant in our Western society. So yeah. what was the biggest insight for you, you know, you know shifting from that separation um, perspective to including women and making deeper connections, and you know, also from your perspective, working with women now.
1: Mm. I think it shifted for me because I, I came from a a real place of lack. A lot of my life in terms of not feeling I have enough, not feeling good enough, and and I think the job in Australia it really amplified the things that I was good at and and my you know, my ego characteristics, like my physical, you know, side. And I think that amplified, you know, definitely showed why I was potentially kind of on that, you know, high seat and thinking I was better than other women because of the job that I was doing and the money that I was making and the men obviously, you know, paying for it. And I think that really caused that separation. and, And just, you know, I think, yeah, just being in that competitive environment really didn't bring out the, the qualities that I know are within me, which are really now I'm using you know I used to get paid by men and, and now I'm getting paid by women to empower them and to you know help them optimize their energy and feel really good and sustain them throughout their growth and and that's really important to me because I feel like I'm coming from a place of wholeness or I, I'm trying to come, you know I'm not fully there yet, but I think the more I and love myself, the more compassion I have for myself. Over time, that's just grown for other people. So I can really have that sense of, um, yeah, equality. And I think, of course, I still get envious. I still get jealous. You know, I, I definitely admit that. But it's actually, I catch myself in those moments of mm-hmm. I feeling not enough. And I realize that's just, there's nothing to do with them. It's just a, a, a part of myself that's not fully healed. So I think having that acceptance of where I'm at and, and trusting that I'm, you know, we're all on this journey together. And I think, since running woman circles and, um, you know, even interviewing people on my podcast, it's like, Oh, okay. I have really cool empowering women that are a bit older than me. They're a bit more, um, you know, probably more intelligent. They earn more money and you know, really <laughs> shifting my, my own feelings of not feeling good enough and seeing how I can turn that around me be like, wow, how inspired am I that, you know, they're sharing this wisdom with me. And I, I see it now as all part of the growth journey. Um, so, yeah, it's always a, a progress, though. There's always times where you can, uh you know, have the lower mind switched on. And I think that's a big part of why we, we do what we do and the, the things that we embody and practice to help us mm. remember who we are and, and not forget who we're, who we're trying to be, who we're trying to become.
0: Yeah. So... <clears throat> Let's dive into self love a little bit more. I know it's one of your big topics and it's one of your, well, personal milestones or personal cornerstones you've been working on over the past years. And so, how do self love and self healing go together for you? And why is self love key? I'm asking that. Also, because you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of buzz or hype out there at the moment. I, I that's how I perceive it. Oh, you know, it's all about self love and different mm-hmm. concepts. And so, help us ground it into the Ayurvedic wisdom and the self healing context.
1: <laughs> well, I think for me that the thing that's been the most powerful is is just understanding how powerful the mind is. And a big part of the work that I do with women is yes, I can fix your help help you fix your digestive issues or your fatigue, or, you know, you have struggles with your periods, etc. But you know, pulling back those layers, there's a an element or there is a, a statement that comes from either a place of lack, from a place of fear from anger that you know, there's an, a root emotion, that often that we don't realize, you know, no one wants to say they don't love themselves. Everyone, I guess, thinks they love themselves. I thought I loved myself. I was in love with myself, but I didn't love myself. It's a difference, you know. Um, But I think for me, it's the mind-body connection is so powerful. And like I said, we can treat the symptomatic relief, but it's going to keep coming back in a different way. It's going to keep reoccurring until you uncover the, the, the... root cause which is usually uh, an emotion you know energy emotion that's trapped in the body from a lot of the time from childhood um from our parents unfortunately you know we we're all in this kind of I think self-development stage where we're growing and we want to like overcome any blind spots and a lot of us have experience in our life um you know not not in a horrible way but some form of emotional event that has caused us to basically trade in our authenticity for our attachment. So our attachment is that attachment need for our parents, love and approval. And it's the basic core needs of, you know, developmental uh, psychology. It's like we as babies, we need attachment, otherwise we die. So what happens is if we don't have that attachment, if we we don't create that attachment, we basically our needs are not met. So a lot of the time we trade in our th- authenticity as, as humans for that need of attachment. So we suppress that anger inside of us because our mommy says it's not good to be angry. Good girls don't get angry. You know, boys don't cry. We suppress that anger inside of us. And over, you know, years mm. of us suppressing, and not just from our parents, from cultural, social, you know, economical things. It's not just all about our parents falling. It wasn't their fault anyway. It's, you know, it's just lineage stuff yeah. and over time you know we have this belief that deep inside of us whatever it may be it's like I'm not one of my clients was I'm not safe to take up space in this world so how did that affect her showing up in her life well then it, it showed her up but she couldn't even connect with females and other people because she didn't feel worthy uh, of love and acceptance because she didn't experience that growing up. So a big part of Ayurveda is, like, removing these layers. And I, I really work with, like, in my program, the four pillars. So it's all about physical health. You know, most people, they want physical health uh, issues resolved. So, of course, mm. you know, you're not going to say, um, you know, someone comes to me and they have a digestive issue. Um, a lot of the time when we do the inner work, it's like, okay, you're, not, you're having a digestive issue. But why are you having a digestive issue? And the mind, for that, the the you know the metaphysical issue is why can you not digest your life experiences? So when we keep repeating the same thing, the same shitty experience, the same relationship, the same, um, we keep getting the same health issue. We keep bumping into the same thing and getting the same results. We're not digesting our our life and turning it into wisdom. Same with our food, we can't digest our food and turn it into nourishment. So when you start to see these like links between the physical symptom and the psychological root, the the psycho-spiritual root cause, is so much deeper than that. And, you know, you can't fix mm. that in it. You can fix that and, and help the symptom, relieve the symptom. But then it's just the same as Western medicine and Ayurveda yeah. is really, we need the physical, the mental, the emotional and the spiritual. And that's really the four pillars of what I work with is how can we resolve the physical through diet, through cleansing, through self-care, then how can we resolve the mental through creating calm and stability within through meditation pranayama self you know self-reflection practices Swarihara. and then we have this emotional piece of like how can we build this emotional resilience to to overcome these limiting beliefs that we have so ingrained into our subconscious that's like 20 30 years of, of programming that we need to release so how can we set yeah. intention to overcome that and that takes time that takes discipline and just really um repetition and really wanting to you know having a vision of becoming something greater than your old identity and then you have the spiritual which is based on the on the purashatas you know the, the four desires of the heart and that really is to be in alignment physically so have our needs met a roof over our head abundance that's after and then we have the need for Dharma, which is actually first Dharma is that, that purpose, you know, that desire to become something. It doesn't necessarily matter what it is, but really having that desire to actualize our potential. And we can't do that if we have constipation, I tell you that. Um, and then we have the desire. <laughs> that's <a good> example. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then we- No, have I love the- it. I love it. It's it's so good because um, I think that's what, a lot of times it's not seen that you have to tend to the let's say lowest hanging fruits first. You have to tend to your physical ailments first because yeah. if your knee is hurting or you have constipation, you won't be able to sit still in meditation. And so there's an obstacle that you have to get to first and then follows the rest.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think I mean the other two that the, the Purashatas so for us to be in a fulfillment, though those four desires need to be in alignment. So the desire for intimacy, connection, the desire for purpose, the desire for freedom to you know feel, you know we can just wake up in the morning and have that sense of freedom and not feel weighed down by our mind, which is you know sometimes a little bit overwhelming for many of us. I know you know before I practiced meditation, it really was so huge the anxiety that i experienced i think of course it's never going to go away but that gets less and less and you have that emotional resilience to deal with it and i think that's something that i'm really passionate about teaching is you know like we can we can you know we can look at the symptom we can you know look at your fatigue Why you're low in energy and yes it might be nutritional um, deficiency but really when we look at the you know the mind-body connection fatigue is usually a lack of love for what one does um, and you know acne for example is um, not loving the self so when I start to see this in my work and I start to you know I give all these solutions at the beginning I'm like why is it not working you know and then just through practice and through I guess my own inquisitive nature like how can I really look at these four pillars—the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual—and that's where the healing is. It's those four areas. It's not just the first layer, unfortunately.
0: Um, and when
1: we can, when we can find someone or, or have be guided in that sense, then we can really actualize that potential, become who we're meant to be, feel energized, and, and really grow in a sustainable way uh, without burning out. And I think that's a big part of. What I love is like how can we optimize our energy and, and growth and sustain our well-being and not feel depleted because I know so many people they because they've traded in that you know that authenticity piece or they've traded in that desire for um, wholeness to, to, to become something to achieve something to get validation from something because they have that lack within Eventually, that's going to, over time, affect the body and the mind um, if we're not in that uh, alignment with that true essence of our, of our soul and that, that true uh, calling for us to share our unique gifts in the world in whatever way is possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time, you know, being attached to, to some outer thing be it your car your house your i don't know your design furniture or yeah as you said external gratification in some other sense sex money um just people saying oh you know giving you constant validation that you've done something well or your boss tapping on your shoulder Saying how um, how how good you've managed th- this or that project and mm. yeah, I feel it's, um, it's it's so so needed to ask ourselves and to dive deeper into that and and really ask ourselves what's what's our motivation where where does it come from and where is it leading us
1: yeah well, I think yeah. when we come from more of a place of wholeness, I think for me it's definitely um journey still is but I'm, I'm, I always have to check in with myself like okay am I launching this you know what you know how am I helping people you know obviously I think when you are in a in alignment with you know the collective kind of universal dharma which is really the the desire to you know an, an acorn wants to become an oak tree you know we all have mm-hmm. a desire to become something and I think that we have to just align that with um yeah with being sustainable and i think sometimes we try and grow too much to to, to create that validation that maybe we did not receive growing up or, or whatever and i think that sometimes really um yeah it impacts us because we're always chasing more we're, we mm. always need more money um and more this more that when is it enough you know when is it enough and i think so many myself included is like because i don't feel like i'm enough nothing External will ever fulfill that hole, and, and that's when we burn out because we're just chasing this like tail, and it's never ending. You know, chasing the carrot.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's why it's so important to do the inner work and to sit down with yourself and ask yourself, "What do you want of life? What's really important to you? What matters?" And yeah, that's part of the reason I guess too why I'm doing this podcast and bringing people like you on here to talk about this stuff because you will never be free unless you sit down and and you know really deal with what's happening inside you and get on top of that or at least become aware of that to a good portion and the same with healing you know we we can tend to the to the outer stuff but we have to go deep within to um, to fully heal and Mm. i believe that's still a message that not that's not out there clear enough especially in our western medical system Mm. yeah and i mean you can easily look at the worldwide situation with this with covid you know it's It's also like a lot of the solutions, a lot of the fixes that are suggested or that applied at the moment, they won't fix the issue itself Mm -hmm. of a virus mutating. But yeah, that's all that I want to say to that. (laughs) It's just something that's crossing my mind.
1: That's why we have to empower our mind and therefore empower our immune system. Because the more that we can empower our mind to, to, to understand that we are, so powerful when it comes to our health like you know we are the placebo in terms of if we think we're, we're going to get sick mm. and we're going to get cancer like my, my my aunt did we're probably going to and we obviously have unhealthy lifestyle of course but i think there's such a, a magical piece in that is like what we think is so powerful and if we think you know empowering thoughts that's going to ultimately serve our greatest hi- highest interest so i think that's a big piece i think changing that um yeah that that shift in a consciousness because it's so easy to jump back into a negative state of being and I think that's something that I really had to work on in the last year is and something that I really am feeling in my body now is like yes shit happens and I know I I have times where I'm like oh my god this sucks um but I I know deep in my heart that I have these tools I have the resources to jump back to a state of love joy gratitude inspiration and that's really The the healing journey it's not that you're you know not going to feel shit one day you're going to have health issues and you know we all experience that it's just life but it's can you empower yourself to get back up and really um you know the the, the journey of self-love and self-healing is not that we're not going to fall out of balance yeah that's bullshit because we will fall out of balance the the journey of self-love and and self-healing from my perspective is knowing and having that sheer faith and shakti power we call it trust that whatever happens i'm going to be okay because i know I, I am the creator of my reality and my internal state reflects my external state and when i empower myself that will be a reflection of my external world and knowing that is a big ch- game changer for i think a lot of people
0: hmm. Definitely, and also knowing that you have the tools at hand that you can bring yourself back into balance when you fall off balance. And mm. yeah, I, I love that you stress that point. That you know, as humans, we're not falling off balance, but if we do, we're able to bring us back into it. And that's the crucial point.
1: Mm. So, yeah, dealing
0: with,
1: a big happening? part of Ayurveda, the doshas, is is all about um dosha means what what that goes out of balance or fault line or defect so when people ask i want to know my dosha you don't really want to be a dosha you want to know what your pakriti or what your true nature is so then you can bring yourself back into balance and ayurveda is all based on this principle that you're different to me and i have different energy in my body than you do different elements so i think when people that's what i love about ayurveda is because what will work for me may not work for you and and I think that's what maybe lacks in Western medicine, even though it's incredible for, you know, it's, um, you know, if you break your arm, you go see a doctor or if you need heart surgery, go see a doctor. But the, 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 there's a lack of the mind-body connection and there's a lack of um, not one size fits all. So I think that's what I really want to bring forth is that I want to help people um, really fine tune their own intuition and wisdom so they know okay i have digestive issue today or i have anxiety or i have fatigue how can i bring myself in balance what practice can i do what tea can i make what food can i eat what what meditation can i do you know what song can i put on that's going to change my state and so i feel in a high mood you know all these subtle things are very simple but when we're in that low state and we feel shitty um, it's sometimes hard to, you know, sometimes we want the quick fix. We want the pill. We want the medicine. And, you know, that's great sometimes. But, you know, consistently over our life it's definitely not the solution, I believe.
0: Yeah. So um, let's dive into the practical side of things a little bit more, starting with digestion. So experiences from your coaching work with women what are first what are signs of imbalance and is there anything for women in specific that they struggle with when it comes to digestion is there something that's like like a common theme
1: yeah i think it's just um for most it's not being able to it's not necessarily um Digesting, yeah, it, it, Ayurveda is not what you eat; it's what you digest. So we can have this beautiful diet of whole foods, vegan, plant-based, whatever you want to label it. Um, but if we can't digest and assimilate, then that's going to really cause ama, which is toxicity in the body. And that's why a lot of women come to me because they can't actually assimilate the foods they're taking. And like I said, the piece before it's that piece of you know, on a, on a mind-body connection because, you know, the, the gut and the mind are connected. And we make all of our serotonin, all our hormones in the gut. So really I question, you know, when it's a digestive issue, it's normally related to a hormone issue. And the hormonal issue, one of my teachers, Dr. Claudia Wall, she's an Ayurvedic doctor, you know, she says our hormones are a d- direct reflection of the levels of satisf- satisfaction in our lives. So what does that mean? If we are constantly choosing to, you know, have that extra cup of coffee, have, you know, indulge in that piece of cake or go out with that guy that's not serving us or work for that person that is stressing us out over time, these subtle signs are going to affect our digestion. And it sounds silly, but it's so powerful. Like if we are in an environment that is not supporting and sustaining sustaining our growth, that's going to show up in, in many different ways. So when we are not digesting our food, it's because we're not digesting our life experiences. And that was a big one for me with my work. And I realize that now, and I think so many, the women that come to me are all women that, you know, I've experienced the same issues. And I think that's the beauty of this is like, we help people that have been where we are. And I think, um, so a big part of the digestive pieces, like, yes, we can, you know, we can cleanse the body and we can, do some self-care practices, and that's going to really help. But if you don't change your choices, they're going to have an impact on your emotional, mental, spiritual health. So that's where the the real self-love comes in. Are you willing to to change Mm. the story? Are you willing to change the thing that keeps making you sick? And that's where the self-love comes in, because you're really actually going into that unknown and, and taking that choice that's really uncomfortable in the moment, but you know it's going to lead you to greater expansion.
0: Mm. Yeah, so that's really the focus on the long term and not choosing what's comfortable in the moment right now or what feels good, you know, having your coffee and your cake alongside it, but uh, making those shifts that will help you lead a life that's filled with more well-being in the long run. Mm, Yeah, I'm a a big, yeah, sorry.
1: No, no, I was just saying the Agni piece, like our digestion in Ayurveda is called Agni, it's called fire. And, you know, when we have strong digestion, we can assimilate our food and turn it into nourishment. We can, you know, we can eat a pizza, we can do, you know, we can have those things that are are a little bit, you know, fun and naughty and we can eat it and it's going to be fine because we can digest it. Same with when we are in a more stable place mm. with our job, our finances, our health, you know, we can, we can, you know, have a little bit of uh, room to, to explore. And I think that's the thing of Ayurveda is not some strict like diet or anything like that. It's just really coming back into balance. And then from that place, you have that greater capacity or a level of awareness to then make more conscious choices based on your past experiences and knowing that okay I've done this before it's given me this result it was not very nice it was a bit uncomfortable I'm gonna if I keep choosing that it's gonna be more suffering or if I'm gonna change the direction of my life or the direction of where I want to go yes it might be a bit uncomfortable to begin with because change is uncomfortable but it's gonna be the most fulfilling and nourishing um, path eventually and having that Mm chance that will happen
0: and as you said being aware that if we eat that pizza or that piece of cake we can do so that's fine but we when we have developed that stability or that that ground that makes us kind of stable and we also know how we feel afterwards so it's it's like a yeah, it's, it's like a conscious choice and not just eating something random right
1: yeah and the thing is like with everything the more self-awareness we can practice the more presence we can bring to this very moment right here right now like how many people are you are, are listening right now to this podcast and doing other things and that's just really, like, our level of attention, our level of focus. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do it too. I'm guilty of it, you know. That's why podcasts are great because you can listen and do multiple things. But, you know, our level
0: of I approach- can't. I mean, I, sometimes I try, but I realize very quickly that I didn't listen to what they just said on the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, just as a side note. Yeah.
1: <laughs> agree but i do believe the more that we can bring presence into our lives and every aspect of our eating of our love making of our work of our you know walking in the beach just the simplicity of life i really think the self-love journey is really just being alive in the present moment and and not thinking of you know tomorrow or the past like just really being you know it's so absorbed in this moment and just being like wow this I'm having this incredible chat with you you know mm-hmm. I get to share this awesome wisdom and and connect with people around the world like and just being so grateful for that and I think that really is a big part of yeah like healing and and really not really having always have to be somewhere or do something and, and just being okay with where you're at and then knowing that's enough you are enough mm. you know
0: yeah, oh my gosh, that's such a hard one, right? The Just being present and being okay with where you are and being okay in that moment. Because yeah. we're always running off in our minds. Well, that's at least what I do. And that's where practice helps me to really come back and center and ground myself. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, Okay. Let's touch on one more practical thing. Is it coffee or cacao? <laughs> because I know a lot of people, they love their coffee, me included. <laughs> I just had my morning coffee while we were chatting. And you posted something recently. And I love, I know that people love talking about, ooh, is coffee good or bad? And yeah. what does it uh, do to my health and my well being? And yeah, so. Um, I think
1: for me me, it's a good question I think for me it's not that it's good or bad I think when we label things then the mind is like oh coffee's bad for me you know if you think coffee's bad for you then you're gonna have you know worse symptoms than if you just drink it and enjoy it I think but I believe you know what it's not really if it's good or bad I mean I personally believe it depends on your dosha type so vata and pitta definitely um, especially vata is I'm more vata constitution so that definitely so works. help
0: us help the listeners understand, just roughly, what's vata? Can they aden- identify their vata?
1: Of course, yeah, definitely. So vata is the element. So Ayurveda is based on the elements. The doshas are the elements within inside of us. So the five elements are air, ether, water, fire, and earth. So you know these elements make up the whole world. They make up us. And you know don't get too phased about the the actual the wording of it, but vata is the element of air and ether so what does that mean in the body it means that i have naturally more um wind like energy because that that just makes me a little bit more creative It it is related to the nervous system so for example coffee is a stimulant so it, it just acts a little bit more um you know like a tr- tracks light. so that basically increases the element of movement in my body so wind is fast it's moving quickly so when I have coffee I'm like and I am not present I'm not focused and and more so it, it keeps us attached to the ego because it's not really if it's good or bad but how much are you attached to it how much are you attached to it Kat could you go could you go a week without it and not be attached to what it? a week
0: no I it would be hard but I think I could yeah <laughs>
1: But so that's, that's the really the practice is, is you know, and, and I'll go through the other doshas too, but the practice is not that we can't have something. And Ayurveda states that everything can be a poison or a medicine. So I love, you know, I love having a cup of coffee now once in a while, maybe once a week or once every two weeks, depending on my cycle, depending on where I'm at, depending on my own level of groundedness, because it's that ability to tune in and be like, okay, is my Vata high? Have I got a Vata imbalance right now? Because if I do, that's going to increase dryness in my body, constipation, um, you know, it's going to exert my energy and then deplete me. So for me, it's questioning, okay, am I, is it serving me in this moment? And a lot of the time, if we're having something every single day, it's an attachment to it. And it's really, you know, we, we, when we become attached to something it's you know it's giving us energy in the moment but it's taking from tomorrow's energy reserves so eventually that's gonna deplete us over time so then the pitter and energy is the i love
0: that point just just jumping in here to really stress that it's taking from tomorrow's energy reserves
1: yes yes
0: and so it's again this long-term thinking maybe it doesn't affect you in a year critically, maybe not in two years, but maybe in five or 10.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why so many women have um, hormonal issues. They have depletion um, because we are, we're burning the candles at both ends. We're doing more because we don't, there's a Mm. feeling of not feeling enough. So I, if I do more, eventually I'll feel good enough if I earn more, but you know, that's a never ending spiral. So with, with the coffee piece or with anything that gives us this false sense of, of pretenses, it's really just, it's keeping us in that loop of needing to achieve and do more. And I think, you know, we're human beings and we don't need to do more. And I think that's the big part of what I've learned the last year is I thought I had to do more and I realized that I actually have to do less. I just have to do it a little bit better and, and also a bit slower. And that's where that present piece comes in. So Yeah, I think um, just going back to the pitta, the pitta is fire and water. So pitta type people, I have that element in me too. You as well. We're more fiery nature. You know, we are a little bit more fiery. Vata is a little bit more anxious, more creative. They're all, both those all doshas, we have all three within us, but we have one and two doshas that are a bit more prominent. So I have around, I think 60% Fatter, 40% pitta, a little bit of kapha, but not much. So I don't have that stability, that groundedness. Kapha kapha is earth and water. So, you know, earth and water is like mud, it's sticky. So what does that mean in the body? When we have too much kapha, excess kapha, we feel lethargic, we feel heavy. You know, if we eat too much kapha-like foods, like, um, you know, dairy, ice cream, um cheese you know cold things that's all producing this cold like quality in the body so when we have a cathro imbalance that will show up as you know excess weight mucus um lethargy when we have a pitter imbalance that's like the fire energy we have heartburn acid reflux um diarrhea loose stools um we have this you know maybe we have an excess in appetite which is not healthy either um and when you start to see the qualities that we have within us, if you're a Pitta type person, if you're going to eat hot spicy food living in Bali and go to the gym in the middle of the day, that's you know, (laughs) like increases like, so we're going to bring more heat in the body. So over time you're going to experience more um, Pitta like health issues. And that's why Ayurveda is really cool because Vata has specific health issues like anxiety, insomnia, reproductive issues. Um, I mean, each, dosha has them but vata more so. Uh, fatigue, waking up in the middle of the night, um, you know, dry skin, dry nails, that's more vata type, it's got more of that air element and that drying element and then pitta has these heating qualities, you know, um, probably you see a pitta man, he's bald hair, it's because he's burnt out, he's, his fire's agony is very hot, um, so he's basically burning a lot of energy. And that you know that's why the Pitta type people are the ones that have you know the heart attacks and the strokes, and then the Kapha type people are more the the ones that get a little bit more prone to overweight, obesity, um, yeah, and just you know diabetes, heart disease. So when we start to know our doshic constitution, we know when we're out of balance. And you can be a, a Kapha person with a Vata imbalance, or you can be a pitta person with a, a vata imbalance and really the process of ayurveda is obviously like attracts like so when we want to bring the body back into balance we want to have the opposite quality so if i'm, if I'm a pitta type person we want to reduce the the vata type qualities in our diet and our lifestyle that will naturally bring us back into harmony with our natural or pitta constitution does that make sense
0: Yes it does. Well, it just to me at least. I have a little bit of knowledge of Ayurveda but um yeah, I find your examples were very they're very vivid and very practical. You know, I think all people listening have a certain uh image in their mind now. They can yeah. relate to it. I'm I'm pretty sure. And I love these this part of the conversation too because it's so it's so practical and it's so yeah, it's just daily life, right? Like, do you have your coffee in the morning or not? Or do you have it later in the day maybe? Or do you skip it for a few days a week? Or have it only twice a year?
1: Or just swap oh. it with cacao. Like, I, I think that's a big thing. It's like, you can just replace it with something. Sometimes it's hard to change that habit. So find something, like have a chai or have a tea yeah. or a cacao. And, you know, just get into that process of non-attachment. Like, I can have a Ooh. coffee. But I don't need it. Like today, I actually feel really energized. And often enough, when I guide people through cleansing and, and kind of elimination diets, as soon as they get off the coffee for a couple of weeks, they feel so much better uh, without it. Um, so it's quite funny once you you do that detox.
0: Yeah, I should do it again too soon. I've, mm-hmm. I've had a few phases where I was off coffee over the past years, but... I think not for at least half a year now or so mm-hmm. but I've been I've been contemplating it because I feel it might actually be more yeah help me focus especially in phases where I have to do a lot and a lot of different projects so where my mind is naturally already going like in several directions so it's um
1: yeah yeah definitely-
0: and yeah great great advice with like Substituting it with something else that you like, be yeah. it a chai or a, some form of other tea or cacao or maybe what I personally love what I find a super good coffee substitution is medicinal mushroom mm, yeah. powders. Yeah, they That's- taste quite earthy and I don't know, for me they they give me this coffee feel. They're really yeah. close to close to yeah, it. Yeah
1: Chicory root as well. tastes like coffee.
0: Mm. True yeah. 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 Okay, there you go, guys, ladies listening. Um, <laughs> you have options.:
1: <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and also there's a saying, actually, I just want to say something is my teacher said to me, you know, if you find something hard to give up, it's not the time to give it up. There'll be a natural progression in your spiritual growth or in your practices or in your development, that giving that thing up will, will be effortless because you'll know it, it's just the right time. So I think with anything in life, giving up a relationship, giving up coffee, giving up alcohol or addiction or food or whatever it is for you that, you know, we all have our own thing that kind of is our, you know, um, there'll be a natural time. I, I really believe in your evolution that will let it go. Because, you know, death is evolution. And to transform, we have to change forms. So we have to be willing to let go of the things that are not sustaining us over a period of, of our lifetime.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love it. That's good. And that will bring a lot of comfort to you. a lot of people listening, I reckon. I hope. <laughs> so diving just... Um, into your work tell us how how do you work do you work one-on-one or with groups with uh, group programs yeah give us a little insight
1: um yeah well i'm really excited actually i've just the last year i've just been building my online community so i, I run my main offering is an eight-week healing program so that's an ayurvedic program uh, diving into you know specifically working with um, female leaders so how to optimize your energy levels and support you throughout your growth So a lot of the women i work with are in europe and they're in corporate jobs or entrepreneurs or you know mamas or you know people that are kind of um yeah they're, they're out there in the world and they they're really having impact in, in whatever business they're doing but they are unfortunately burning themselves out in the process so they come to me you know usually with a digestive issue um skin issue energy fatigue um health or hormonal imbalance you know some form of you know sign that the body's not you know functioning optimally Mm. and yeah and then we kind of go on this journey together and I think it's you know I'm just teaching the things that have been really powerful for me and other clients and like I said I, I kind of really tailor it may, made to you know to yeah to meet your specific needs and I obviously have a lot of tools and practices and all that kind of stuff and we do a lot of cleansing and mindset and, and really establishing a, a spiritual practice so a uh, you know yoga meditation practice is really a key key principle in, in this um in this eight program to really guide you on your path so when you when we finish working together, you feel very empowered and you feel, yeah, you feel very excited because you have all these, you know, tools and, you know, you can sustain yourself and you can grow and, and yeah, unlock that potential within you and you will not be Mm. held back by the digestive or the skin issue or the thing that was, you know, holding you back in the, in the past. So yeah, a lot of the work we do is like based on that mind body connection and, and really healing it at the root and and really overcoming any of those limiting beliefs and things that hold us back from shining our life so that's my eight-week program which I'm really I love that it's really powerful um and yeah. this
0: is one-on-one just uh... yeah this
1: is one-on-one and that's my signature program and yeah I, I only work with a, a small few people each month because it it's quite intensive so yeah. yeah each week we work together 60 minutes and then you have a lot of self-care practices and cleansing and, and things to do in the meantime so yeah and then I work I have my group coaching program that I'm launching actually in the 12th of March I'm not sure it's going to be probably already started by this podcast finishes but I'm sure it will you know I'll, I'll redo it in another couple of couple of months where, you know when I've you know got some feedback on it optimized it so that's a group training for for females and they really want to you know same kind of like with eight week program it's really how can we nourish and sustain our growth and maximize our potential without feeling depleted and and really um honoring our needs and and knowing how to bring ourselves back into balance so a lot of things will be taught from the eight-week program because i know it works um but it will Mm -hmm. just be in a group setting so it's a bit more accessible a bit more affordable for for women um and yeah and it's beautiful just being in a community of women I think it's so empowering so it's definitely going to be a lot of fun and yeah and then we I have my women's circle each week so every Sunday I host a woman's circle which is just a great way to connect I give out two free spots a week so if there's anyone listening that would like to to join us and come have some chats and have some fun then Feel free to connect, and I'm still got, I'm still waiting to get Cat on board. I know you're. Yeah, <laughs> love to each join one one week.
0: I just wanted to say, I'm I'm always I'm always tempted. Maybe um yeah, maybe I'll hop on next week. Yeah, yeah was I love. Cool. I'm actually it's, super inspired to do so. <laughs> you know, it's
1: sometimes people think, oh, what you know, but when you start to speak to women, oh my god, it's so. It's so beautiful mm. because you realize that we're all going through the same things, like we all yeah. have the same problems. And it just makes you feel like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, so it's really beautiful. And we just all get to shower each other's wisdom because I really believe that we could all learn so much from one another. And I think that's a big part of the self-love journey is like realizing that we are not, we, we don't know everything. And I think that's really humbling sometimes is, Remaining the the student and and just you know having that humility to realize that we don't know everything and um you know we can always learn from other people, so yeah that's that's me and I obviously yeah I have I, you know I regularly run workshops um I have a Yoni Steam workshop coming up, uh, I, I regularly do like an Ayurvedic uh, workshop introduction to Ayurveda and yeah just stay tuned and I always have. And what's the of-
0: what's the Yoni Steam because I. I guess a lot of people will be now like, what is this yoni steaming?
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah, yoni steaming is an ancient practice for reproductive health. So it's really just to, for many women, they're experiencing, you know, endometriosis, PCOS, misperiods, cysts, fibroids. I have a lot of clients with reproductive hormonal issues um, and the the steam acts as a it basically cleanses the the uterus, the, the basically the lining of the uterus that gets so full of stagnation. So we need to cleanse each month through our, our monthly cycle. And often and not women because we're stressed, because we're in a more of a masculine dominated um, cycle. You know, we are constantly overdoing and depleting our energy reserves, and that re- results in us having this stagnation. So many women aren't experiencing full you know full periods, or they have a lot of menstrual cramps, PMS. So a lot of the work that I do with women is really using these self-care practices to heal and to, to minimize any of these issues and prevent them as well. So I'll be teaching the, the workshop in the 20th of March, but I'm sure I'll, I'll do it again in the future if any of you girls, ladies, they want to learn more about it. And it, yeah, it's uh, very powerful.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, thank you for that, for, for explaining that. Because as you said, they're just looking into my circle of women, you know, friends and acquaintances, I have, I think I can count at least 10 who have some issue going on, like being endometriosis or cysts or painful periods. I mean, this is super, super common. And People just assume it's normal. Well, yeah, you get your period and you have these bad cramps and you have to take um, anti-inflammatories, painkillers. No, it's not normal. If you're experiencing that, look into it. It shouldn't be that way. I
1: mean, it's an so. incredible practice for increasing fertility for pre-menopausal women. Um, yeah, for, for women that want to, to even for me, I, I don't necessarily have any reproductive issues i have a great cycle but for me i do it's preventative. it's like i don't want to wait until i have something to then have to do it but of course it's great if you do have something but you you don't have to have anything typically wrong with you to to in in, uh, to do this and it's a very simple practice very easy to do very um beautiful really really pleasurable actually really nice it's just using herbs medicinal herbs boiling them in a pan and then steaming them and then using some form of I don't know bench or box to to sit over them the the steam and you just allow the steam to to go into your Mm. your yoni and it feels incredible and it's like super healing for any sexual trauma um cleansing that you know really like allowing that that space to be cleared of any energetic cause that you've had with with men in the past that you maybe Mm. want to clear out Um, and it's really funny because when you do it always guys like your ex-partners or people that you've slept with message you it's like they feel you've energetically cut that
0: um, <laughs> wow that, that's that crazy cord.
1: honestly kat i'll have to teach you how to do it. you have to join the workshop come join yeah. it see how you know, see for yourself
0: wow yeah yeah amazing that sounds um yeah and that sounds super interesting actually so this well i'm just i'm just blown away because there's there's so many things we are not taught. We don't hear about, you know, in our day to day, in our media, <laughs> delivering us like with well, providing us with brilliant news every day, but not talking about the real stuff. So, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners?
1: yeah i'm just I, I really hope that you have taken something out of it and that it's inspired you to to maybe go on your own journey sorry it's my phone <laughs> to go oh, on your own <laughs> self-discovery journey maybe you want to go learn about ayurveda read a book or you know like i said i i post a lot of free content on my instagram and i i love to share you know the wisdom in my kind of authentic way and yeah, I guess some people it will resonate with and maybe some people it won't and, and that's okay. And I really believe that, you know, if it feels like something you want to explore, then explore it. And, and yeah, it's just got so many healing powers, potentials and, and not just physically, but just, you know, really helping you remember who you are and bringing you back to that most authentic self that, you know, that has this incredible amount of love and joy and, I think that's why we're all here is to help us remember that. And and you know, life can always be difficult and we need to 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 remember the light, remember the joy and, and remember the things that you know make us laugh. And I think um that's mm. really important. So yeah, Ayurveda has kind of helped me take myself a little bit less seriously, which I think is sometimes good.
0: Mm. Beautiful. And I believe super uplifting especially in these times where we can be dragged into a kind of a down spiral or feel depressed especially well with with us in those parts of the world still being in lockdown and Mm. you know being deprived of our social encounters so that's really uplifting message
1: yeah, yeah connection is so important i think for me connection is the most powerful healing that we have and i think mm-hmm. that's something that i know in my own healing journey like having someone believe in me like my partner george he is being such a pillar of, of strength and having someone that believes in you and that and that really can see your own potential is very powerful for healing and i think find find someone or somebody or a community that support your your growth and your expansion and that really are rooting for you to to shine your light because I think that is the medicine for sure
0: yes thank you Mm. thank you so much Mm -hmm. for being here today for sharing all your wisdom and your personal story with us I always love to bring out personal stories that inspire and that hopefully inspire people to Live a more fulfilled and freer and more empowered life.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and uh, yeah, I look forward to yeah. I'm sure we do this again another time, and you're going to be on my podcast, so I can't wait to interview you as well and (laughs) hear your journey. (laughs)
0: Yeah, amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Kat
0: I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you leave inspired be it to just be a little bit gentler to yourself and maybe put some extra tender loving care on yourself (laughs) or to dive deeper into some of the things that are going on inside of you or around you and that you have been shying away from let us know what you think let us know your thoughts you can reach out to Briar and to me you find all our contact details in the show notes and as always if you listened and you like this conversation please share it with friends or family members or on your social media Especially when you're on Instagram, just um, take a screenshot while we are listening and share it and tag Briar and me. And when you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please leave a five-star rating and if you feel inspired, even a little review. So just click subscribe, then click on the five stars and then write the little review. That helps me so much to grow my listenership and to bring the message of freedom and empowerment out to more people. Thank you so much and have a beautiful weekend.